Okay, we are ready to go. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> um, I'm going to start today by talking about purity. So in your notes, you'll see at the beginning it um, has noun. So I'm just going to read off some definitions. And you just write ones that strike you. You don't need to write every one because I'm not going to take slow time to get through them. So what is purity? It's the condition or quality of being pure. Freedom from anything that debases contaminates, pollutes, etc. So anybody in here know what a synonym is? Abby, the school teacher, raised your hand. What is it? <laughs> yes. So synonyms would be authentic, bright, clear, complete, fair, flawless. Again, don't try to write all these down. Just pick a few. <laughs> Perfect, real, simple, straight, total, transparent, true, immaculate, pristine, unblemished, and unpolluted. And antonyms. Antonyms are the opposite. So words that would be the opposite of purity. Um, Impure, mixed, ungenuine, contaminated, dirty, polluted, tainted, corrupt, dirty, immodest, indecent, obscene, unchaste, vulgar, indefinite, and uncertain. So if we're here, if the kind of the theme for today is about dreams that we have for our lives or that God has placed in our lives, then why am I talking about purity? (laughs) I'm talking about it because as people, the more stuff that we have in us and around us that take us away from God, whether it's on a day-to-day basis or a long-term where maybe things happen in your life and you're heading a different direction than maybe you should be, all of those different things prevent us from knowing what God has for us, the the ultimate best that he has for us, that desire what you were created for. So anything that contaminates us, anything that uh, makes us uncertain or indefinite, anything that makes us feel dirty or polluted or tainted, all of those things can slowly or quickly pull you from that center place of being with God and take you away from the purpose that he has for your life. So we're going to talk about purity first, and then later in the second session, we're going to be talking about the dreams that God has for you more specifically. Um, All right, so signs of impurity. The first sign of impurity is what we say. This is a massive word study in the Bible, especially even just Proverbs alone has so much to say about what we say. Proverbs 10.32 says, The lips of the godly speak helpful words, but the mouth of the wicked speaks perverse words. Proverbs 21.23, Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. <laughs> Matthew 15.11, It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. And then Luke 6.45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So very clear in scripture that um, a sign of us maybe not being totally right with God or something affecting us that we haven't let, let go is what we say. All right, the second one, what we do or how we respond to circumstances and people. This is kind of one of the themes of the whole New Testament and some of the Old Testament, how we respond, what's the greatest command, 
love your neighbor as you, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. How are we treating other people in our lives? And when circumstances come up, when bad things happen, when good things happen, when crazy things happen, when something really amazing happens, how do you respond? So that's the second one. So why should we be pure? So here's some rewards of being pure. Long life. Long life. Uh, Proverbs 22, 4 says, True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. Deuteronomy 6, 2, You and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. So if we have a pure life before God and we are following after him, then kind of automatically you start to follow his commands, right? And so that will lead to purity and long life. Okay, um, number or letter B, <laughs> you'll be used of God. Second Timothy 2.21, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Next one, you will see God. Matthew 5, 8, this is from the Sermon on the Mount. God blesses those who, whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. The next one, you get to be in the presence of God. Psalms 24, 3 and 4, who may climb to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure. I'm just touching on some of these scriptures too, by the way, ladies. This is a great word study if you want to go and do it on your own. Um, number e, letter E, number E. <laughs> um, you'll have a clean conscience. You don't need noise to shut out your thoughts. Sometimes if um, you're really dealing with something inside, it's very hard to sit in a quiet room. Or it's very hard to go to sleep without something else. Because those thoughts and emotions and feelings can stir up stuff. And so you need music or you need something else going on to shut it out. But one of the byproducts of living a pure life is that that is possible. You can just go to sleep. To go to sleep. In peace. Um, And then the next one is no bad consequences. So that's kind of just a, I don't have a scripture verse there, but if you're following God's word and um, living a life that's chasing after him, there aren't going to be any bad consequences, right? Because if we're forgiving each other, if we are following the way God would ask us to live, it's for our protection and safety. So those consequences aren't there. I know it's hard for some of you. You see, you hear these verses about purity and all of that, and it can seem very unattainable. You know, whether you're dealing with fear or anxiety, um, sometimes you feel like you take a step forward into your relationship with God, and then something happens and it knocks you back three steps, right? And <laughs> I see some hands going up. Um, Or maybe you've allowed God to forgive something here, but there's something back over here that you haven't allowed him to forgive. You haven't touched it. You haven't wanted to bring it up because it's embarrassing or scary, or you wonder if God will really forgive you for that. But I want you to know that purity for all of us, for anybody in the world, is possible. 
And so the next things we're going to talk about is how do we become pure? So if we're at a place right now, we all are because we're on this journey called life, where something or a lot of things are um, tainting us and not allowing us to be pure before God. So the first thing is you ask God for forgiveness. Hebrews 9.14 says, Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our conscience from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. 1 John 1.9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So the point of those leads into my next one. Remember, it's not your job. God does it. God does it. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made himself to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. So another reminder that it's God not us. Psalms 51.10 Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Psalms 86.11 Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. Psalms 51.7 Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Zechariah 13, 9, I will bring that group through the fire and make them pure. I will refine them like silver and purify them like gold. They will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say, these are my people, and they will say, this Lord is our God. So how do we stay pure? So if we go through the process of talking to God about the things that are heavy on us, the things that are affecting us, and then we get that taken care of, at that point, how do we stay pure? Because it's, it's, I think the staying pure part, along with God's help, and then learning to follow his commands is really the hard part, right? Because <laughs> habits and stuff get in the way. So the first thing, ask God for help. If he's already the one that has to do the initial job of purifying us, Do you think he cares about the next steps that we make and the next choices and all of that? Because he wants to help us stay pure. Um, So he extends mercy and grace to help us. So grace, God giving us what we don't deserve. And mercy, God not giving us what we do deserve. So that kind of covers all the bases right there, right? (laughs) Were these parts the blanks here, the long ones? All right, I'll give you a second to write them all down. (laughs) Can all of you see the board okay? Yeah? All right. I'll wait till I see not as many people writing. Okay, so the next one, be active. So I have a question for you. Have any of you seen 
after a rainstorm comes, a, a puddle forms. Does this puddle stay clean? No, it gets dirty. What about a stream? We passed a few. I don't know if you guys took the exact route we did, but we passed two, or maybe it was the same one and we passed it twice. I don't know. <laughs> Lisa really wanted to go fishing. She kept asking me to pull over. <laughs> um, but the running, the active stream stays pure, right? Because the impurities get carried out and through. Um, so staying pure takes action. It takes a way to filter. So um, the first one is run. First Tim- or Second Timothy 2.22a says, Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. So when he's saying run, he's not physically saying run, right? But he is saying, in other words, be so active, so vigorous about getting away from that thing that it's as if you are emotionally or mentally running the opposite direction. That's what he's saying. So it takes action. All right. The next one is pray. (laughs) This is a very powerful tool, especially when you're in the middle of, if a habit is that you have formed that's something that God wants you to get rid of and you're having a hard time dealing with it, when that thought comes back, the temptation comes, talk to God. That temptation doesn't want to stay around when you're talking to God. (laughs) And then also being in the presence of God and hearing from God in those times will allow you to build your faith and be stronger. So prayer is very, very important. Um, The next one, read your Bible. Psalms 119.9 says, How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. So how can you obey the Bible if you don't know what's in it? (laughs) Right? So reading your Bible, finding out what God actually says about the stuff that you're dealing with, the stuff that you're struggling with, what does he say? What are his truths? What are his ways of overcoming it? The next one is memorize scripture. Psalms 119.11 says, I have hidden your words in my heart that I might not sin against you. How many people here struggle with memorizing verses? I am raising my hand. I'm not just saying raise your hand because I'm raising my hand. I am raising my hand too. Finding the time to do it, let alone if your mind is full of all kinds of stuff, which mine has been for the last two weeks (laughs) or more, I think since January 1st, um, it makes it hard to memorize your brain just doesn't work as right. Or if you have a learning disability, it can be hard to read the scriptures and get them. And there's a lot of things that can prevent us from memorizing the word of God. But there's one amazing thing that works, and that's asking God to help you. You know, I know someone who was um, a drug addict for a long time. And his short-term memory was so bad that he could not remember things for more than like a minute or two sometimes. It was, his brain was so affected by the long-term drug use. Now, after he got saved, God miraculously delivered him from the addiction. But his brain was still not functioning correctly. And the doctor said, once you kill all those brain cells, they're not coming back. So you're stuck. So he decided that he was going to memorize scripture with some counsel and stuff. That's the conclusion they came to. So he started to memorize the scriptures. And at first it was hard, but he asked God, help me. Help me do this. And within weeks, 
he had a bunch of scriptures memorized and his brain function had returned. There is power in the word of God, not just in kind of the sort of the spirit, spiritual power, but physical power that can affect your very brain. So encourage you to memorize scripture. Um, Go ahead and hit the next slide, Brittany. That one's not it. There should be one, a picture. Try it again. No, okay, go back. Back. Okay, it disappeared. Um, I did have a picture of an outlet with a plug plugged into it, and the reason why I had it up there is I wanted to say that the, the thought of having ongoing devotions with God and being in the Word and studying the Word and memorizing Scripture, all three of those things together are kind of like being plugged directly into God with power. Now, if you aren't that way, it's kind of like you are running on battery power. What happens when you're running on battery power? It's slow. You know, it gets slow. And then it finally it just turns off. And I've experienced this where I, I know when I'm running on my own power, when I'm not running on the power that God can give me with grace and mercy because... I don't function as well. I get anxious. I don't handle situations as well. But when I have that constant plug into God, all kinds of crazy can happen and I'm fine. And so it's, it's that constant plug into God. Get what you need from him. It really does work. And it's going to help you stay pure and make those right decisions. All right. Guard your heart is the next one. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So here's a scripture that can lead us into the topic we're going to be talking about next session about our future, right? But this is saying that our heart is important to guard because it can determine the course of your life. And how does that work? Because our hearts are kind of fickle, Right? I mean, how many of you have been in a situation where some emotion pops up and you're like, I don't know why I feel this way, but I do, right? Because we don't have control over the emotions. We have control over what we do with those emotions and how we physically respond. But those emotions happen. And so we need to guard our heart because it is fickle. We need to make sure that we are learning from God and getting from God everything, not from people because our heart's going to go where it wants to go. And until we're planted solidly, it may not be towards God. It may be towards another person. And that's where you get into trouble. Because people, how many people have been hurt by someone else? Everybody, yeah. And so um, people are not there. They don't love you 100%. They don't have total forgiveness all the time. They don't have, because we're people. And so... um, Different types of relationships that you have. I just realized, I think I numbered these one through four, and it should be um, all about relationships. Um, First one being girlfriends. Friends can be tricky because some of them are friends that you have from childhood, and so you're just kind of friends. And some of those are awesome. I have a friend that I've had since childhood, since I was three and she was two, and we hardly ever see each other. But when we talk on the phone, when we do see each other, it's amazing. Like we spend every day together and it's encouraging and we pray for each other. And it's, I always feel uplifted and different when I leave spending time with her. 
But then there's also sometimes those people who you've known for a long time and you're kind of in the relationship just because you have known them for a long time, not because they actually really benefit you. And, um, and then, you know, sometimes you have a friendship because it's someone at work that you're a friend because they're at work with you. Or different circumstances where you're kind of just shoved together as friends and you kind of make it work. There's a lot of different ways that we get friends, but friends can be positive and they can be very negative as well. And so if, um, I would encourage you that if, two things, if you have friends that are negative and pulling you down when you're around them, it doesn't mean you have to cut off the relationship, but really pray and ask God how you should handle that. Should you maybe spend less time with them? Or maybe you should cut it off. I've had to cut up off a relationship before with a friend that was just so bad. And, um, and it was hard, but the benefits for me and for them ultimately was good. Um, and if you are in the place where you're just lonely, where you just don't have somebody that you feel like you can hang out with and that are really encouraging you and blessing you and contacting you and you have a really good friendship the way God meant friendship to be, I would encourage you to pray and ask God to send you one. But the second part of that is not just maybe send you one, but maybe open your eyes to someone that's around you, even right now, who may be the person that God has for you that's going to be an awesome friend, but you're too busy or just can't see it. Ask God to open up your eyes to maybe see that person that's right there. Because God doesn't want you to be lonely. And let's face it, ladies, husbands are not girlfriends, right? For those of you who are married, it doesn't quite work. Or boyfriends. And we need girlfriends, so um, I think that's an important one. Okay, so what about boyfriends or husbands? Now, obviously, if you have a husband, you married him, you made a choice. It's a whole subject for another day. But I do want to touch briefly on boyfriends because we do have some single ladies, and you're not going to stay that way. I'm praying for you. (laughs) But um, boyfriends are very important because I think above anything in life... Boyfriends can get your heart. In a way, sometimes it's healthy, sometimes not healthy. (laughs) And so I would really encourage you to make sure that you have friends who know you, who know your boyfriend or your person that you're thinking about starting to date, because they can see if you start to change in a bad way. Get an accountability partner in this subject. If you start to date someone or are dating someone, ask someone to be your guard and your help in this. That if they start to see you change as a person in a negative way, where you start shutting yourself off from other things, where you start, um, attitudes keep creeping up that aren't you, you're just not your normal self anymore, they're going to be your guard. They're going to be the ones that are like, hey, something's happening, what's going on? Because I'll tell you... Breaking up with a boyfriend is painful, but being married to the wrong guy for 60 years or 70 years is way worse. And I just want you to know, single ladies too, if you ever need help or advice or Ben to kick someone to the curb, (laughs) Ben and I are available to help you in this area because we want to protect you, especially because how many of the single ladies in here are not around their family? Yeah. Especially when you don't have big brothers around. Right, Chiquetta. <laughs> they can kick him to the curb for you. <laughs> or um, moms or dads. 
Jaquetta will kick him to the curb for you. <laughs> if you don't have that support system or a girlfriend around, you may end up somewhere you don't want to be. And so I'm taking time out of our message to talk about that because it's important. And if you want to talk to me about it more, email me or call me, and I would love to sit down with you guys about that. I have already done one group with ladies in the church about preparing for marriage before you're even dating or while you're dating or even while you're engaged. And if you want to talk to me about that, I'll help you with that too. Okay, back on to our main um, part. The next thing is, oh, sorry, sexual relationships is the next one. Um, and again, I will um, point this more towards the single ladies just quickly. Um, it can also be affected in your married life. But as a single woman, there is so much tied into a sexual relationship. It's not just the physical. There is a connection, a God-made connection that was made for a husband and wife to have where when you are having sex, it is an emotional and a spiritual bond. And if you are having that with someone you're not married to or multiple people, it's like you're losing little pieces of yourself with each person that you're having that relationship with. And so absolutely something that God can restore. I've seen it over and over and over again, that God can make you that whole woman again so that when you do get married to the right person, you're all in, you're good. But just as a side note, the sexual relationship is very important because it is way more than just the physical side. Um, so totally rip you out of that idea and into a different area. The next one is think on good things. Philippians 4.8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. If you really have, and I think women are really good at this, so I should say since we all have this problem, whether it's fear or anxiety or worry or whatever it is that when you know when you're in that place and your mind is just going like this and you can feel like tension coming up in your gut and in your heart, a quick way out of that is to think on things that are good, like this verse says. And I would suggest that if you find yourself constantly in that place, an easy way to do is to, when you're in a happy place, <laughs> when you're in a good mood, write down some of these things. Okay, what is true? What does God say about me? Who am I in God? What is honorable? What is right? What is pure? What makes me happy? If it's puppies and kittens, great. Put a little picture of a puppy and a kitten on that paper too, but have it with you in your Bible or in your purse or in your car somewhere so that when those thoughts come and you can't snap yourself out of the negative to get to the positive, read the list. It's already there and it will help you snap out of that. Um, the next one is love others. Again, part of the great command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. If you're loving others, you don't have time to get into trouble, <laughs> right? It definitely takes more time away from just being by yourself or whatever that can help, that can um, allow temptation to creep in. So love others. First Peter one twenty two, 
Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. The message says, love one another as if your life depends on it. I really like that because it's true, right? If we're really loving one another, we have that support system. We have the favor of God in our lives and our life could depend on it. Whether it's something happens to us physically and we need help or spiritually, we just get stuck and we need prayer or emotionally, if life is crazy and chaotic and we're hurt deep down, if we have if we have each other, it can help our life and our, our life could depend on it, but in a good way, not just a bad way. All right, and the last one, oh, two more. Make wise choices. There's a saying that says, you make your decisions and your decisions make you. You make your decisions and your decisions make you. So, and if you need help, the Bible talks about getting help from other people to make wise choices, especially life-changing choices, right? Job change, getting married, moving, and those big things. You really need help with those. Um, the next one is, and last one is, get a running partner. So Ben talks about this a lot on Sunday mornings. Running partner just simply meaning someone that's by your side, that's there to encourage you and be your cheerleader and give you water when you need it. <laughs> um, so this could be parents, teachers, siblings, pastors, friends, new friends if you need it. Um, 2 Timothy 2.22b says, Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. So we definitely want to have other people around us who are pure as well so that we're not mucking each other's streams up, right? <laughs> All right. How do we know if we are pure? The answer is, what comes out of you? Is your filter working? Proverbs 20:11. Even children are known by the way they act, whether their conduct is pure and whether it is right. So simple. Do you snap at someone at the drop of a hat? Are you quickly depressed? Are you frustrated a lot? Are you constantly full of fear, anxiety, worry? Are you having trouble trusting people? All of those things can be signs that, not necessarily that you've done something wrong to get there, but somewhere along the way, whether it's something you did or something someone did to you has affected you, and God needs to touch those areas so that you're pure. So I'm going to do an illustration. So all of us, when we're born, are basically pure, right? I mean, we are born with a sin nature, but we're innocent, right? So as life goes on, things happen. We start to sin. We start to lie. Or we start to cheat. Or let's say we get into a relationship that was not good for us 
and we're getting into a sexual relationship in a way that God did not have for us. Or we have an abortion. Or you can name any number of things, any sin that we all do, coveting. There's so many things. And each time we do it, it's like a mark on our spirit and our soul. And then you start thinking about the things that other people do to us. Abuse, sexual, physical, mental, emotional. People who have abandoned us. People who say bad things about us all the time that are not true. All of these things affect who we are. But what does God do? He looks down on us and he sees this. And he knows that that's not what he created us for. That's not his purpose and plan for our life. And so when we get to that point of coming and accepting Jesus as our personal Savior, and he comes and the power of his blood, the power of his sacrifice when he died on the cross, comes and washes away all these sins and things that people did to us and we did to ourselves. And... He gives us a new (laughs) t-shirt. And so once again, we look like this. Now, we still have the option, as life goes on, to mark ourselves up, right? But once you have gotten to that place of accepting Jesus as your personal Savior, His forgiveness is there. And as soon as you ask for forgiveness, you're this again. So the problem with this, though, is there's someone else involved in this, and that's Satan. The Bible talks about Satan prowling like a lion, looking for who he could devour. He's trying to pull you down, and what he likes to do is he likes to go, look at you. Look at what you did. Look at the sins you committed. Look at what you did to people. Look at what people did to you. That's who you are. And he tries to make us put this back on. But what can you do? You just go, no, this is me. This is what God says. This is the truth of the Bible. This is me. This is not me anymore. You can say it all you want, but it's not me. And we do have the choice to just tell him no and to move on. So Psalms 51, 9 through 12 says, Don't look too close for blemishes. Give me a clean bill of health. God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Don't throw me out with the trash or fail to breathe holiness in me. Bring me back from gray exiles and put fresh wind in my sails. Ezekiel 36, 26. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. So as we go on today, I want you to think about a couple of things. I want you to think that 
all of us have stuff that creep in us that keep us from being pure. But don't forget that it's God's work, God's love, God's grace, God's mercy that brings the purity. And so I'd like to give us a chance to have some time and some prayer because there's a lot of us in the room today. And if you just take it statistically, there are people in here who have been affected by abuse, that have been raped or have had an abortion or have gotten their stuff and things in their lives into situations that they never meant to get into, whether it's pornography or um, a constant lying spirit in you or um, ha- cheating different so many different things that can be set us and can become habits and can be rooted into us but god is capable of pulling those things out and making us move forward in victory so that we don't have to focus on those things so we're not consumed by those things so that when we're totally free of them which is possible that we have that mental energy that spiritual energy that emotional energy that you spend on a daily basis towards that thing can then be put towards the thing that God has for you. The purpose he created you for, why you look the way you do, why you talk the way you do, why you have your personality, why you like the things you do. All of those things are because God put them in you for a plan. And when we get pure, that plan is possible. So why don't you go, I'll go ahead and stand up. And I just want to give... Each of us, or all of us, a chance to just respond in our own way. And, Brittany, can you fix that? Um, I want to give three options that people can respond to. Um, And you can just respond in your seat if you want. But if you want prayer, please come forward so that we know that you specifically want prayer with someone. Otherwise, you can respond in your seat. Um, First of all, for those who have never felt pure and want that to change. And the second one, those who used to feel pure, but you've made decisions and choices since then that have taken you down a different path and you want to get back to that place that God has for you. And the third one, Those of you who have been working on trying to get to that pure place, but like this, Satan keeps reminding you of your past, and you need him to go away. (laughs) You want to be able to not think about this in a negative light anymore. So um, if any of you want to respond and come forward and have um, prayer, please come up. Otherwise, let's just all take a few minutes and ask God to maybe even point out something that I haven't spoken about, that God's talking to you about an area where you need him to come and make your pure.